0: Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.
1: Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rubble. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not another one. It's the Politics Show Pubcast. Love podcasts, hate Rolf Harris. It's the Politics Show
2: Pubcast. Woo! One more in the ground, boys. One more in the ground. Besides remorse, the swing continues. <laughs>
1: Damn right. Ed Campbell, uh, Politics Joe's Politics producer. How are you, pal? You all right? Good. Yeah. Cheers. How's that? How's that lager beer treating in you? Ed, delicious. Good. Ava Evans. Ava Santina, I should say. Hi.
2: Our political correspondent. How are you?
3: Great. Good. I see that Ed's enrolled in Teach First.
2: Yeah, it's some plug for... I got this at fourth year of university from Brandon Baster, and it's the only... Pen I
3: own? someone thought you could be a teacher. Yeah, probably.
2: Could be a teacher. <laughs> Sorry. You'd first take anyone. There's like a good crisis. Yeah, <laughs>
3: even Ralph <Rolf> Harris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I'm>, maybe not. <laughs>
2: He's dead. That's the main obstacle. Um, how are we guys? What have been up to? You were uh, you were
1: out this morning, Ed? I oh, was out this story, morning. What
2: story were you working on? There is a warehouse complex in the historic warehouse district in Haringey, For of it's like a creative, artistic community that is at threat, under threat from a new luxury housing development. So went and met the residents there, the artists there, who are trying to fight back against the developers. Um, what's interesting is when you first hear that story, you think, "Well, that's NIMBYism." It's, it, but it's, it's, more, it's more, maybe more interesting than that because the luxury housing development will actually end up with less, fewer bed spaces than there's already in the warehouses themselves. So there's going to be people made homeless, people who have actually got really decent cheap rent in this, these warehouse complexes that they kind of built themselves. This whole community, people were paying, I suppose, who's paying six hundred a month bills included people were paying as little as 500 pounds who would be asked to pay more than a grand a month mm-hmm. for a luxury house a, a luxury housing development so it was
1: happen. interesting well no. I, I look forward to seeing the piece yeah uh, it's going to be good and ava how about you what have you been up to
3: i went to the um rally yesterday against the minimum service levels bill which was in parliament yesterday so it was a rally against the, it was an anti-anti-strike <laughs> rally. <laughs> A strike rally or yeah. anti-anti, yeah. I don't so know. under nice. this new bill, yeah, you won't be able to, to... You'll have to provide minimum services, which basically means you can't go on strike. You could lose your job if you go. Mm. It's Pretty bad.
1: Yeah. Uh, who was down there? Who did you speak to?
3: Oh, just, you know... Nick Lynch, <laughs> the biggies. He's like a proper celebrity to us, you know. It's like he's big time. He doesn't have the gravitas, I don't think, with any other like group of people the way that he does. With well, us. they just the like three of us. Yeah, the general secretary of the rail union. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he does
2: have an aura, to be fair, yes. when you meet him.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. He does. Um, I mean, let's kick things off then. Man City have won the league. <laughs> a victory for the beautiful game. You, one must admit it, and they're probably going to win the Champions League as well I think that's and the FA Cup I'd say oh yeah it might be a treble um, I mean this, this uh, I, the ironic clap aside first I mean f- first things first you know I watched that semi against Real Madrid mm-hmm. and the way it was just the way they outgunned the Galacticos and the way they've done it which is just remorselessly buying the best manager in the world the best players I mean probably what three four players in that team are the best players mm-hmm. in the world and just like out, it's just it's hard power do you know what I mean on the football pitch and we'll get into this but it serves a soft power purpose Mm -hmm. outside of that doesn't it
2: yeah no it does It's, it's for all the plaudits Man City from footballing sense get and deserve for playing unbelievably well for five titles in six seasons they're about to win a treble unprecedented football success but I do think you can't talk about Man City's success without it's without the Abu Dhabi. It's Abu Dhabi, isn't it? Yeah, it's the UAE. Yeah, <laughs> without Abu Dhabi's um, involvement, because all the they couldn't. I'd, I'd re- really doubt they'd be able to get Guardiola, all the best players in the world, all the best training facilities. It's, they, they've created like a perfect, perfect laboratory for the crystallization of like perfect football. Like their their dominance. No one's surprised by this. No one thinks. Looks at Man City over the past decade and thinks, "Oh, wow, they're going to win a Champions League and a treble. This is going to what? That's surprising. It's it seems it seems inevitable."
1: Mm. The thing that the most obvious thing people complain about is the financial doping side of things, right? 115 charges, and that'll get litigated over in you know the coming days, weeks, months. But the more obvious thing is the UAE. Yeah. Right? You know, it's a country which literally, you know, ha- has child slaves. Um, I've written about this a long time ago now for Joe, but you know. The Sheikh Mansur, the Deputy Prime Minister of the UAE who owns Manchester City his brother is a guy called Sheikh Issa there's a video 45 minute long video of him uh, torturing a man in the desert beating him with a wooden plank that has nails sticking out of it using a cattle prod on his nutsack pouring salt in his open wounds shoving dirt in his mouth eyes is running over him right I've watched it you don't, so you don't have to thank you um,
3: you probably could have just said the top three yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, so but long story short, there's a video of the brother of the Prime Minister torturing a man, right? And um, you'll be pleased to hear that the authorities in the UAE, they, they did hand out a custodial sentence um, for these offences, uh, but it, it didn't go to Sheikh Issa for torturing the man. It went to the man who leaked the videotape uh, for, for blackmailing <laughs> for blackmailing the Sheikh, they said. Um, you know, the human rights abuses are plenty. I mean, what, homosexuality is illegal, mm. Um, it's a, it's criminalised. There's a very similar conversation about women's rights in the UAE, and and maybe I'll talk about this in a bit more detail in a minute. What they're doing in Yemen, you know, I, most people think about Saudi, right? When they when they and we should talk about Saudi as well because yeah. they own New, they own Newcastle now. When it comes to Yemen, UAE is a very active partner in what's going on. Um, and you know who's Yemen. a really
3: active partner in that? The UK. Yeah, for sure. We on uh, yesterday it was actually the figures came out eight point five billion pounds in export arms sales. That's what we've contributed, and two billion of those go to Saudi, two billion go to Qatar. It, you know, we are we are profiting from that massively. So it's not like a problem that's happening over there. One hundred percent, and problem that we are fully complicit in.
1: Really, crucially as well, because that that whole area, the Gulf of Arabia. Um, the Sahel and also the Horn of Africa, I, in my opinion, is going to be the region which dictates global politics for the next 20, 30 years, primarily because of the climate crisis, drought in sub-Saharan Africa. There is going to be a massive swathe, of re- swathe of refugees heading north into North Africa, trying to cross the Med. It's going to be a huge issue for Western Europe. That and is an issue coming.
3: that's already actually started. There's a lot of a, a lot of study into Libya and the civil war that has been going on there, and one of the causes. Has been thought to be um, dry fields, agriculture completely dried up. People mm-hmm. moved into the cities. That meant that this huge mix of religions all were living together. And this—it's not the direct result, but that is a, a mm-hmm. factor.
1: Yeah, massively. And, the, and then you look at Oman, right? Which is basically a British colonial outpost. Um, it's, it's run by a sultanate. It's, a, it's, a, it's an effective dictatorship. The British uh, army, the navy specifically, is building a harbour in Oman, Dukham. It is. For very specific reasons, because at the moment there is not a port east of the Suez Canal which can accommodate our Queen Elizabeth-class aircraft carriers that we've just made, we just mm. produced two of them, right? We're build we are literally building our own port in Oman, in a place called Dukham. I've been there to accommodate this aircraft carrier. And you might think, what on earth are we doing that over there? Very, very crucially, Oman sits opposite Iran on the Strait of H- Hormuz. It's a 33 mile three, 33 mile wide bottleneck in those straits where 40% of the world's oil passes through on tanker ships. And it is in our interests specifically to be able to put our aircraft carriers over there to protect that supply of oil that flows through the Suez canal into the Med and all around the world, because Iran, if it wanted to, if we're not, if that area isn't policed would be interested in possibly stopping that and, you know, affecting, affecting oil prices in that way. And that there's this huge geopolitical game going on, particularly in relation to Yemen between Saudi UAE, all of those countries i mean to talk about uae in particular they are meddling in Yemeni affairs right they're, they are ruthlessly and cynically getting themselves involved in the internal politics and a comp- civil war inside a country to quite ruthlessly protect their own financial interests because all of that 40 percent of the oil i was talking about it comes part of it comes from the uae right some of it comes from saudi but they are interested in securing all of the waterways along the gulf of arabia the horn of africa so that includes places like somalia and sudan where they're also intervening there is a colossal humanitarian crisis happening in Yemen right now which in part is a result of the bombing campaign which Saudi Arabia and UAE are undertaking but is also in part to the brutal civil war there where the UAE is, is backing factions in that war um, and often actually at times it's the detriment of the internationally recognised government because there's so many factions there in this, in this civil war that's going on. Um, they are not nice guys and I think it's, I think you have to ask yourself why are they interested in owning Manchester City? It's so that when you go, oh, the UAE, yeah, what that is Man City. oh, it's the guy that owns Man City. You don't go, oh, yeah, it's the guy that's backing the Southern Transitional Council <laughs> in Yemen, who are destabilising the internationally recognised government in the civil war against the Houthis. You know, it's, it's it serves a purpose and it. it's sports washing.
3: So we should give Manchester a free port, a yeah. Brexit free port, <laughs> yeah, one hundred to solve all of this. Yeah, that, that'll sort it out. That'll right. sort it out. But
1: it's, go on, sorry, I was, so Sorry, I, just
2: gonna, I think that's what. You can understand football fans are not irrational people, because there will be Man City fans. Hello, if you're listening, that will have listened. Off now. <laughs> that will have listened to all of what you've said. On a really like base human level, agreed that that's atrocious, but still back like would back the ownership of Man City to their teeth.
1: Have you seen Kevin De Bruyne play a fucking pass set? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. Like it's it's it's. Just let me
2: talk. It's so, <laughs> it's so, it's so it's so interesting because I think this is a, such a unique. Cultural thing that football inspires such just insane tribal loyalty. Mm. You will defend people, defend players accused of heinous crimes like sexual assault. They're like, oh well, uh, innocent until proven guilty, which of course is true, but you don't need to defend them on Twitter, arguing with other like you've anonymous just, profiles.
1: You've just reminded me. I can't remember if it was—a COVIDy time—but you and me went to went to Westminster to interview the Newcastle fans who were like yeah. picketing for. for they were like demanding a Saudi buyout.
2: They delivered a letter to Downing Street. Yeah, and and that that was interesting as well because th- so that was about the end of Mike Ashley owning Newcastle United, who Newcastle United fans for years felt re- felt very, oh rightly so, aggrieved by the ownership of Mike Ashley of Newcastle United, and they were they were so desperate for for them to be rid of it. There wasn't like there. W- I think this speaks to the what i was saying, but the irrationality of football fans. There wasn't a critical like look at who the new ownership might be it was oh thank god this is over and you you bastards in government Mm. are stopping us getting this new sick deal
1: is there is this anything new though and i don't think this just applies to sport by the way you know i think there, there are other cultural global icons you can make this argument about but i i just you know are we deeping it a bit too much or are we expecting too high a standard from people like shake man sir no but like Pe- <laughs> you know pep guardiola or you know the man city players or if we wanted to talk about pop music we could talk about beyonce right we could mm-hmm. talk about her the renaissance album you went to go see her recently mm. a uh, good time
3: yeah not in dubai she, <laughs> <laughs> not in, not, that's not the smooth of the link as you think it would be <laughs> so we're talking about um yeah beyonce was paid 24 million pounds to uh play her album at the atlantis in dubai the opening and it was spectacular. No, I, I no, no, no. No. A guest but there, was, order. Um, <laughs> there was loads of uh, pushback and yeah, people were furious about this because particularly is because she is an artist that traditionally appeals to, you know, people of part of the LGBTQIA mm. community. And this is, you know, in breach of that. But there was also actually quite a comical moment where she'd brought her daughter on stage with her and her daughter started performing to I think it was Cuff It, but in like <coughs> doing this like particular dance that might be Arguably too suggestive for how the UAE. How old's her daughter? Oh, she she must be like ten or eleven. Yeah, I this, don't, um,
1: look, uh, but uh,
3: she whacks her. She hits her on stage. <laughs> she she's it? like, she's like, what are you doing? Stop it! Hits her on stage. Wow, <laughs> I think I think
2: that episode hi- highlights maybe the the hypocrisy or the the shades of grey in this because Beyonce's latest album was really inspired by like queer culture. It's it's dedicated too. to the Black queer community, wasn't it? Uh, I think. I, don't, I didn't. Know yeah, that. it
3: was her uncle. Yes, he was yeah, a, no, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And then it's about like ballroom culture and stuff like that. And it's mm. very, it's very like you listen to it and it's like reminiscent of very like queer culture. But she didn't perform any of that in Dubai. So it's like she's playing both sides. She's like always sunnying it. It's like she's going, she's going and taking the dollar from the incredibly homophobic anti-LGBT community and also taking the dollar from. The pro-LGBT, well, they actually the gay people.
3: But can I make an argument that actually America isn't the most pro-gay community no, at times? I mean, the evangelicals who are out there. And mm. also, America is a nation where just a couple of years ago, we were seeing children from Mexico who had crossed the border being locked up in cages mm-hmm. at the border. So what, sh- should she not play? Also, this is a woman who released, you know, the single formation, which was this huge... Uh, jibe at Jim Crow and all of the racism that she has experienced in her own lifetime mm-hmm. like who are we to tell a black woman well you can't go and perform in the UAE because but we're think, not sure about it
2: I think there's a difference though between if she'd performed for Donald Trump I think that's maybe a better comparison than the state
3: but does she vet Republicans at the door
2: I, I think you could I don't, if you perform I think there's a, like a, maybe a limit to being like the average American who votes votes red but if you performed for Ron DeSantis then maybe that's a better comparison. I
1: think, that, I think this is a really relevant discussion because I think, actually, if you were to go through the... And I, the US is one of the biggest perpetrators of this. If you were to go through a list of countries where these artists tour and go, OK, so who actually does have an acceptable human rights record mm-hmm. that, that like will be OK to play at... You'd struggle to find a country. You, you really would. The way that the, you know, I'm talking about the the UAE intervening in another country's foreign affairs. Newsflash. The US has been fucking doing that for a very, mm, very yeah. long time. I think the, the, the point here for me is just why, like, don't get your politics from pop stars. You know, like, these people, their currency is fame. Their currency is, is currency. They're in this game for money. And, like, if you want to be a successful recording artist in the States that is what you have to think that is what you have to say i'm not saying i'm not saying that it's wrong to say that i'm not saying it's wrong to think that i'm just my point of view is don't take it as a sort of you know as a sincerely held belief because in reality if an artist did think that incredibly sincerely the places where they would go and play would be very very small in number well
3: you know who made that point to bring it back to football oh, yeah? is gary neville when he did lunch with the ft he was talking about how he'd gone over and reported on the what was that big football thing you were all watching over there? The World, World Cup. Cup. The World Cup. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like when you. I like you. You do this thing, and I think it's, you do it like. It's very funny because you do it so disingenuously because you know what the world cup <laughs> <laughs> is. You do you do the real thing. Like, what is this sports ball thing? <laughs> Ever, Everton home and away. Yeah. Everton home and away. <laughs> like what are you doing? I like, go to watch Everton with my dad. Like what's my doing? I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, but no,
3: no. I'm just there for emotional support. Okay, you guys get so excited. My little game.
1: <laughs> no, for sh- for sure. I mean. You're right to talk about the World Cup, right? World Cup in Qatar, everyone's talking about workers' rights, LGBT rights, women's rights, and, you know, the Qataris come back and say, well, show me another World Cup where there's been such low levels of crime, when there's been such low levels of (laughs) of assault. It's like, well... Show me another World Cup where they'll chop your fucking hand off. (laughs) (laughs) But, 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 the next World Cup is in America a country with more mass shootings than calendar days. No,
3: don't make me laugh and then say something like that. <laughs> oh, my you God. You laughing
2: at
1: that.
3: They're like, the, the cut, it's just going to be me being like, yeah. <laughs> but
2: I, I, I think also the Qatar World Cup is the people who went and engaged. I think that's a, like Gary Neville. Gary Neville, when he got rinsed on Have I Got News For You For Going mm. and saying he was going to draw attention to it. But I could, when I think of the Qatar World Cup, I don't think of the migrant workers. I think of Lino Messi, which is exactly why. It, and I'm a moron. <laughs> but, like, but, I, I, but I think I think that's like that highlights exactly what they wanted. They mm. want when you when I hear Qatar, I like I don't think of like the, even the airline. I like I think oh, Lino Messi. That's like the biggest association I have with it. And I, th- I think as also, also, well they have all this soft power generating from it. they have. Like um, it's not just to do with football and the media. Things like that. You've, it's tourists. It's people who like they recruited lots of like content creators and YouTubers to go out. Influencers, and to cover yeah. To go who could go to the matches and like. never Thogden did, did that stupid oh, like. yeah. It was like I'm going to go to that every single mm-hmm. World Cup match ever, and yep. I'm going to be the first person to do that. And I th- I didn't watch any of it because I'm in my twenties. But <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's like a the entire point of that. He he, he didn't. I can't imagine he engaged critically with the... Migrant worker accusations, etc. I think you would say, "Oh, it's just football. It's just football."
3: You know, a whole bunch of journalists were invited over wh- before they built the stadium and for the World Cup. To, like they were invited by the country to be like, "Look at how fine it all is." And they were like, <laughs> "It was it's like,
1: actually, like falling off the top of buildings." Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, and it's just a word quickly on sort of like influencer culture and how that's being used to market these countries because. I've got no doubt you guys will have people you follow on Instagram who are like on a hotel rooftop in a bikini or a tiny pair of swim shorts being like living it up. My Instagram
3: you know. is. <laughs> <laughs> I keep getting these targeted ads
1: for all of this porn and I don't know I don't know where it comes I from. I Watch it. Yeah. <laughs> um but they're really smart with soft power, right? They mm. they understand they understand the influencer economy and how to project their soft power in Western culture better than anyone. You know, you could look at what Saudi's doing with this, like, insane mirror city that they're yeah, building. Oh, in- yeah, Neom.
3: Yeah.
2: Neom.
1: <laughs> is that how you say it? Well, it's, it's all in capitals. It's like an F1 is city. It, it's it's, it's um, a- is a-
2: N-E-O-M all in capitals. I don't, like... So that's how it's
1: said. Neon. It's, it's
3: tall, right? No? It's tall. Tall
1: and thin tall? and mirrored.
3: Yeah. Wide? Wide.
2: Is it long? It's a long boy. <laughs> it's a long
3: city. <laughs> Speaking of influences... <laughs> <well>, I- <laughs> When I was in Bristol over the weekend, someone came it? up to me in a pub and was like, oh, my God, are you Ava? And I was like, oh, yeah. She's like, <laughs> politics, politics politics. She's like, I'm like, yeah. And no. then, anyway, she's like, do you know Ollie Duckmore? <laughs> and I was like, yes. What did you say? <laughs> I was like, yeah. And she was like, I loved his videos on Brexit. <laughs> That's tragic. I know. <laughs>
1: here I am. Yeah, the Oli Dugmore stands are a little bit tragic. Um, shall we move on? Shall we? Shall we talk about something else? Because I feel okay. really uncomfortable right now.
2: I think I'm going to compare Beyonce fans and Man City fans. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. The what's good about these countries co-opting these brands? If you think about them as brands, which is what they are, they like marketing, etc. The fans are so die-hard; they will defend to death. Beyonce performing for in Dubai Abu Dhabi and for Colonel Gaddafi like they will do that and it, and they will be on Twitter defending Beyonce till death and Man City fans will equally defend the, the owners of um, Abu Dhabi the, the, owners, the Abu Dhabi owners of Manchester City for their crimes but also because they've been the owners of Manchester City have been very smart and they've regenerated the area of Manchester quite a lot apparently it's, a, it's been a massive area of development so they're being smart about it and so it's So
3: build Manchester off the backs of people who've suffered elsewhere? Yeah. Is it, that well, what No, oh. it's, not,
2: it's not that's what they've done. I'm not yeah. saying it's a
3: good I'm not saying like, it's it's a
2: good thing. Like,
1: and it's, Ed it's good was
3: sent here today by the Manchester <laughs> Tourism Board. <laughs>
2: and the Abu Dhabi wing.
1: It's uh, extraordinary because I've you know I've got um I've been gifted some free tickets to the Champions League final in the Man City hospitality uh, section. So what? No, I was no, I haven't. I oh really? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was <laughs> pretending it's like they're buying. No, they're buying. They're buying our.
0: or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
1: Not another one. It's the Politics Show podcast. Mizzy. Mizzy. <laughs> Mizzy, my boy Mizzy, um, who I believe is now inside. I think they've got him. Prima boy. Have they got him?
3: He's been inside many times. He's been in and out. <laughs> And just, you know. Of that
1: person's house. Is that what, you're, is, is that what the gag was? <laughs> um, yeah, so this TikTok prankster, Mizzy, filmed, <laughs> it, filmed himself entering an unknown family's home, filmed himself, like, sidling up to women, like, at, late at night on the tube, sniffing their hair, being like, do you want to die? Yeah. Um, jumping on an Orthodox Jew's back on the street, s- trying to start fights with people um, for content and going viral. And b- bizarrely, it's kind of become like a a Westminster story in a way. I don't I don't really understand.
2: People are thick.
1: <laughs> Shock mm-hmm. horror. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw there was a whole host of Tory MPs coming out right, being like, the online safe, the online harms bill will stop this. Yeah from happening
3: it's fantastic it's like this like like if you needed any more evidence that no one reads the order paper in parliament like this isn't going to do any this is a man who's just filmed himself doing crimes yeah is like (laughs) it's the crimes that are criminal they they
1: they think the problem is the content the problem is just that he's a cunt yeah that's that's the problem
2: (laughs) it's also as well people if he wasn't filming them no one would catch him (laughs) <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so he should be posting them oh, but then there's, there's like, he just documented all like, his
3: there's like some kind of like infinity loop there where like he wouldn't do the crimes if he weren't being filmed yeah them. he yeah. wouldn't actually he wouldn't oh, be caught maybe, if, yeah. maybe
2: they're right Yeah. maybe it is the online safety bill yeah. that needs to be are we pro-online safety bill?
3: Yeah. Um. No, <coughs> no it's so inadequate yeah
2: no I know I was making a wee joke that's
3: the Paul Jo line we should get John Nicholson on here
1: he'd have something to say about it Um. I do wonder whether, whether there's any room for us to get MPs on here I don't know if they've got enough They've got enough crack, to be honest with
2: you.
3: You should email Sean at Joe.co.uk. Any if you MP. Want any MP,
2: Labour MPs, if you're watching, which we know you are. Why are we doxing Sean? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, is it, oh no, it his email. How did they figure that out? Oh no. We wish them happy birthday last week. Yeah.
2: yeah, I don't yeah, that's true. We I, can make you to the next Darren Jones. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Slow down.
3: I actually genuinely went in my head who <laughs> like, <For> <laughs> <sake>. <laughs>
1: Um I don't know. Yeah, I genuinely don't know if, if name an MP. Name an MP that you'd you'd want to sit down, have a pint with, and have a pint with. Like
3: me right now, or people in Sean Murray Black
2: <laughs> Mary Black would be good.
1: I think she could. Ha- I think she could hang here. Mm. Mm. I think she'd be all right. Millerband, I think would do okay. Yeah, not that classic though.
3: No. Well, Ed would like Tony Blair.
1: Tonti.
2: is the current MPs?
3: <laughs> All right. also,
0: don't also, don't get so
2: defensive, bro. <laughs> also, as sorry as if you wouldn't have oh, got Tony Blair on the podcast. No!
3: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not! I that, need to talk about the Sure Start program. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is there any MPs that are permanently banned from the podcast? Oh, that's uh, an art.
3: interesting question, isn't it?
2: Ian Paisley Jr.
3: I don't think we have any... um, Okay, I tell you what... I think he'd be
2: quite classic.
1: (laughs) I don't think he'd be a bit deranged. The
3: only one is Alex Shelbrook, and that's because I was in... I don't know who Alex Shelbrook is. Well, (laughs) well, Ed... (laughs) He didn't know who we were either. <laughs> <laughs> so I was in the Westminster bar and a very nice mirror journalist was with him and he was like, oh, who do you work for? And I said, Joe. And I was like, T- I didn't turn around long enough and he went, what is Joe? <laughs> very audibly. <laughs> and I had to walk away in that cloud of shame. We're
1: still asking for answers to that question um, five years later. i tell you who, I, who is persona non grata in, um, at, at this table. Gary Sandbrook.
3: Why? Why?
1: He eats big dinners.
3: Because he eat all your, your aunt, dinner. Your, your anti. Yeah.
1: Do you remember that? Do you remember the graffiti? No, we no yeah, graffiti. we
3: do. But you can't. You, you fat shaming Gary Sandbrook No, no,
1: no, no, no. I'm I'm saying that Gary Sandbrook's opposition to free school meals, but his luxuriating in big dinners for himself, <laughs> uh, is unacceptable. It's
3: not because our budget doesn't stretch. Do <laughs> do <you? laughs> we couldn't feed him. Did you read the tidbit in like that was a titbit a couple of days afterwards, which was like he'd been seen leaving the Parliament dining room with two boxes of lunch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is the problem. This is the <laughs> this is the problem, and that's why he's not allowed they're here.
2: They're not feeding school kids. Marcus Rashford is going to have to intervene and like knock the leftovers from Sandbrook's hands.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, do we have anything else to say about Mizzy? I think that's pretty open and open and shut case, uh, really, it, isn't it? It
2: is funny. It's just like the, the hysterical reaction to like this guy is committing crimes, and he can and will be prosecuted under current legislation. And then the Conservatives are just like, well, we need more legislation.
1: Friend of politics, Joe Tom Jones, wrote about this today, uh, and he said that there's almost like a reflexive action from the government to be like bad thing, better yeah. introduce a law, better make that illegal, better stop that <laughs> right now um when like you said right it, it, he's committing crimes, the law is already there like we don't uh, need we don't need to we don't need to waste any more time <laughs> making more <laughs> laws about Entering people's houses uninvited. We already have yeah. laws around that. It's either called trespass or breaking and entering. But we
3: don't have enough police officers because Boris Johnson closed all of the police stations.
1: Uh, he did. I think as well as building forty new hospitals, did he not recruit twenty was it twenty thousand or was that the nurses? I can't remember. Was it twenty thousand coppers? I think it was twenty thousand coppers, wasn't
3: it? Yeah, not accounting for those who left.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the whole thing with that, right, it's like they've just returned the police staffing levels to what they were before the Conservatives came into power in 2010, so mm. big fucking round of applause take for the those guys. Take
3: successes where you can. <laughs> That's That's, it's a good funny. lesson
1: for life.
2: It's quite funny, the idea of, like, if you if you were the family whose home was invaded by Mizzy, that, that <laughs> you're just thinking, well, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> I've just got to take this. <laughs> I've just got... He's well within his rights to come in here and film.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Until that online safety bill comes in. I will be defenceless. <laughs> I
2: will be defenceless. Thank God the Conservative government are finally making home invasion illegal.
3: Would you not just...
1: You'd feel so cucked. It'd be humiliating. Do you know what I mean? If someone like,
3: walks into your home.
1: But like then it's like filming you, being like... You fucking idiot. I'm in your house. Like, what are you going <laughs> to do? But do you know however, what I mean? You
3: might learn a valuable lesson that homeowner today, which is one I learned in my second year of university, which was lock the front door. <laughs> I was in my house one time with my my housemate. It was six of us. It was just two of us in. And then I came upstairs because I heard the kitchen was downstairs. Came upstairs like, oh, someone's in the house. And there was. They'd walk through the open front door and I was holding... Retract that. <laughs> what were you holding? I would not be holding a weapon because that would be a bad thing to say.
1: <laughs> what was? The, this obviously won't make the edit, but what? Oh, I, what was, I, I, what was I went the up weapon? holding
3: a bread knife. Oh my Fucking god! Yes, it's on sight. Come in my house, fuck around. You want to come in my house? <laughs> he was just like, and teeth. I was like, the door was open. <laughs> Never left it unlocked again. <laughs> How did that result?
1: How did that situation result? It itself? Was,
3: he just left. It was on his back. Yeah, like
2: sticking <laughs> at his back. <laughs> he left in a fucking ambulance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fucking yes, Ava Santina. <laughs> so we much respect like for that. We just
3: like for like thirty seconds. Yeah. and Come back.
1: <laughs> just come back to the laughter. There was a <laughs> beep sticking out <at> his back.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. That is powerful, mate. I respect that mm. so much. Well done. It's the Politics Show oh, oh, podcast. The last hurrah. Doesn't sound as good when you say it. I like it when it's on paper, but I don't know if you can read it out loud. Is that um, an
2: accent thing. I don't know. You try it. Harab. Hurrah. Harab. Harab.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. You what? read it out.
2: Oh, because Laura, yeah. Because oh, we're both yeah. Sc- oh, we're both yeah. Scottish. Producer Laura is Scottish. Scottish and says things correctly.
1: Yeah, I witnessed it earlier today actually, uh, when we were recording for a special new project, as yet untitled, coming up, uh, with a Scottish guest, and they were overjoyed to discover Laura is also Scottish apparently there's few Scots in London which has not been my experience
2: <laughs> no, you've surrounded <laughs>
3: them yeah in a team of like five two Scots <laughs> two Scots, Scots. Over- all yeah.
1: representatives in Poljo yeah as it should be but anyway Dominic Raab he's going to stand down yes which is you know a brave decision
3: yeah he's retiring from politics at the big age of 49 and it is nothing to do with the <laughs>
2: That's a
1: good
3: I just Ed just oh, got very excited fuck. Because of the 49 game
2: Let's not explain
1: that right okay.
3: now um, that could be a Leave it there <laughs> <laughs> um, So currently in Isha There is a very impressive Lib Dem candidate Called Monica Harding Who we met a couple of months ago And she lost the last election to Dominic Raab By 2,000 votes Which means it's a very marginal seat It's right on the cusp And um, she probably would have taken it from him Which would have been a joy to see
1: I think the really interesting thing about this I mean look he's he's disgraced right like the man the man is le- is leaving with his tail between his legs found to have intimidated officials um you know he he has resigned because he has been found guilty of bullying he refused to come home from his holiday was it Crete oh, or was in Afghanistan yeah, but yeah. the beach was closed mm. so that's important to remember um <laughs> oh, yeah. do, do you remember that yeah, do you, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that um yeah yeah you know he's he's a disgrace he the the man is a disgrace um it's right that he's leaving politics but for me this speaks to a much more significant broader trend within conservative party politics which is that for all like all the all the polling read it as much as you want luxuriate over it Keir starmer's red wave is is coming to westminster
3: oh my god red wave no? Yeah. Oh, no. Okay, well I was really am mad? the only woman on the podcast, aren't
2: I? <laughs> <laughs> is that how you described your period?
3: <laughs> no, Ed, I was not talking about that. What was that? <laughs> no, well, you I know, wasn't all right,
2: okay. <laughs> I know less about women than I thought. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Awesome There's a red torrent. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: Kirsty, starmer's Red Wave is coming, right? And Can,
3: um, we actually just talk about a couple of those gaps, though. Yeah, yeah, but, please, um, please, 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 okay. let's go through them. So a really good one was when he did not read the Good Friday Agreement. Uh, agreement oh, and he had to admit that. About- oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> he had to admit that. And he didn't realise when he was, wasn't he Brexit Secretary when he said he sure didn't realise how reliant the UK was on the Dover-Calais crossing? Yes, exactly, yeah, <laughs> was, yeah. Um, he said that the typical food bank user just has cash flow problems. This is insane. This, is, fit- this is like a
1: Tory greatest hit, isn't it? Yeah. This is one guy.
3: Uh, this is this is just one guy. One
1: guy. He, is, he is but one man, and Uh-oh. he's just
2: a normal man.
1: It's, it's yeah, all
3: well, that time he said COVID means we have to get Brexit done quicker. <laughs> <laughs> what Look, guy.
1: I had a bit of time for Dominic Raab when he was just like a swole bloke in a tight pair of shorts on the Oxford rowing team. Like, I had a lot of time for that. I right. had a lot of time for that. I had a lot of time for black belt karate Raab. I had a lot of time for that. Then once his politics started to show themselves. <laughs> I had much less time. I like,
2: I like the idea that you knew him in a personal capacity before he became an MP. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what, like 30 years ago? Uh, um,
3: the pulsating vein. That's that what I'm talking tough. about! You like that? Gotcha. That did it for you?
2: Big time. I know someone who's a civil servant in the Scottish government, and they were present in meetings with Rab and their minister. And what they said was quite, like, frightening about Rab was that the destruction of the Human Rights Act wasn't just some, like cynical tory ploy it was the reason to live for dominic Rab. they said he believed it with every fibre. it was came across he could speak about it without notes in these meetings for hours it was like his personal project it was like this is the stupid we need to get it like which is fr- slightly frightening so this is
1: what this is what i'm getting at like frightening swole rob good <laughs> frightening anti-human rights rob Bad. Boo. Yeah, but you're
3: also praising him for knowing the brief, which shows how low the bar is for all of our politicians. Like this guy came in and spoke about a really consequential bill he was putting through yeah. with no notes. He really understood y- it.
1: you got to give him that, I suppose. Um,
3: no, no, I'm saying we don't give him that. Oh, no, <laughs> that.
2: no, no, we do. <laughs> fair is fair. He's I the guess, best politician of a generation. After, I said it. After, th- after 13 years of just being
1: slowly ground down by the Conservative Party, you hear like, oh yeah, a minister was able to talk about a bill without any notes. You're like, fuck me. That is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That is brilliant <laughs> yeah. stuff. Great, great stuff, mate. Um, what was I saying No, the, one, the thing I want to say about the polling and the red wave before we went on that, that tangent is I don't think there's a better indicator of how badly the Conservative Party thinks it's going to do at the next election than the more than 30 MPs who have stood down before they've yeah. even voted yeah. out like it is so telling that people like Gove who in you know Isha that seat that is, that's Surrey that's home counties that's stockbroker belt that that should be true blue for as, as long as fucking the days are long it's insane and he is instead of contesting an election just being like fuck it I'm out
3: Yeah. He's been worried about it for a really long time, though. That um, he was, like, turning up at, like, random fates on a Saturday. Turning up, I was going to say turning up at random schools, and I didn't want to make it, (laughs) like, you know, but, you know, to events which adults could go to. Um,
2: (laughs) He was invited.
3: (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then he also uh, turned up at someone's friend's wake very randomly to offer his condolences. He's been acting very bizarrely for two years. Oh, and also, he, he, he's been going around door knocking. This is when he was Deputy Prime Minister. He was going around Isha door knocking. And then there was this one friend of mine who said that they had a... They didn't have a pen. They said that to Dominic, like, oh, I can't sign your bit of paper saying I'll vote for you because I don't have a pen. And he was like, no worries, I'll go and get one. Ran back down the garden path and came back with one. Wow. Now he's been acting strangely.
2: Do, do MPs usually go to funerals? Is that something you can expect of your local MP?
3: Um, I'd like to think that maybe, like in Durham, during like for a minor's funeral, a okay. local MP would <laughs> show
1: I think, up. I think, like a community leader, right? So, um, so
2: it's not just like you can, uh, an uh, obligation.
1: Yeah, no, I think I don't know if my MP turned up at a funeral of a close family member. I would just, why, why are you fucking here? <laughs> you know, you're not, you are not invited. Yeah, to
3: meet politics, Joe's Ollie Dugmore, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> As he's being lowered into the ground. <laughs>
1: next spit, to Rolf
2: Hounds. He's his green. Yeah,
3: yeah. Like big <laughs> dinners, did you?
2: <laughs> Sandbrook has the last laugh. Yeah. <laughs> it's Kerry Sandbrook.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Spitting on my coffin. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for listening to the Politics Joe podcast. Like, subscribe, leave us a review wherever you are. We appreciate it. Let us know what you thought in the comments below. Uh, until the next one. See you later.